Hello, everyone, and welcome in. It is a wonderful Monday night as we bring you college football conversations from not only just the SEC, not only just a couple of conferences, but we're going to talk about Week 12, our recap and reactions. Bryce Kuhn alongside Ralph Leary on tonight's episode of The Crowded Booth. Booth with Bryce Coon. Pal, how you doing, man? Doing great, Bryce. No, uh, there's no will tonight. It's like last Monday. You know, it's just you and Will. Now it's just you and me. Yeah, I mean, you guys are trying to get PTO or something. I don't know what's going on here. Will apparently got his PTO. I didn't. I, I mine got mine got really, uh, denied, which is not surprising. You got denied. Yeah. Hey, Vet, how you doing? Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. That is Ralph Lear. My name is Bryce Coons. First time maybe hopping on the show. Hey, we appreciate you. Uh, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. We're going to talk college football, which, Ralph, I, I'm i sad, man. Rivalry week's upon us. College football yeah, season it is almost over. Did it fly by as fast as it did to yes. you? Well, yeah, I think like, every Saturday prior to, I guess, what, mid-October, yeah, I yeah. was working, mm-hmm. and so I didn't really get to watch a lot of football beginning of the year. I got to catch all the late games, obviously. But you and I, I caught that Auburn Cal game that one night, oh, or in the wee God. hours of the morning. <laughs> I never wanted to discuss that game again. That game was horrendous. We're going to talk about Auburn tonight. We shouldn't talk about Auburn. We, are. we really we are. shouldn't. I, I just was. My, I'll make a quick comment about that game. Um, I know there's gonna be a lot of people who who. In the Discord talked about Auburn in that game, and you know people will probably go and say, "I got some friends who texted me, poor Auburn." It's 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 poor to watch a team get beat by a what was a prior the lowest team in college football, who is now mm-hmm. on a top level program right now, or top level G five program right now. The way that this year is going, um, but you can't lose those games, no matter who it is. You can't. Yeah. You don't pay a team that much money to come and do and you get beat. LSU watched it happen, happen then too. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Um, but, Ralph, look, hey, college football season, we've got the week 12 recap and reactions. What's up, Patience? So, uh, so, so wonderful you've joined us. You enjoyed us all year. But, hey, good, good to talk to you. Ralph, I don't know how we're going to do this preview show. Um, I think that you're going to have to tell Pat Pat just to hold off for a second. On um, Wednesday? On yeah, I mean, what's your schedule look like? Uh, well, I got work. I know we're working tomorrow and Wednesday, but we're having not like Thanksgiving. We're having dinner with the family on uh, Wednesday night. How do you feel about? I don't know. We'll figure this out. We'll figure a it midnight out. show down. Let's do it. A Wednesday night? No, I can't do that. I can't do that. Wednesday Maybe night, Friday night recording. Maybe Friday night. Uh, probably could. I, I could probably do Friday after I get off work. We'll see. Yeah, double, double, double pay. Double, double pay on Friday. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Let's talk college football, though. Um, and I know we got some jacket fans in here. The first topic conversation they're not going to love. But Ralph, Georgia handles Tennessee and Knoxville. Man, we're going to talk about it in our storylines. But uh, you know, look, you enjoy Will for folks listening. Just, I mean, well, dude, you don't know anybody. Um, Ralph, your thoughts on this game? Georgia handles Tennessee and Knoxville. Look, this looked like on the first play, 75-yard touchdown for the Vols. Uh, you were like, oh, the crowd was into it, and then it quickly dissipated. 
I'll tell you my, my one thing about this game. I watched a good bit with it with my dad. He uh we were we were I, I got at their house and he said Georgia's down seven nothing. So that will not last, and that may be the only score that Tennessee has the rest of the game. <laughs> and it was the only uh, touchdown the rest of the game. Yeah. I, my 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 guess was that you know, I think I think I think I said last week we can go back and look at it later on. I said that you know the score would be like thirty seven to something. You know, I, I didn't think that Georgia was going over forty. And I didn't think that Tennessee was going to score more than ten or seventeen. I think I was like thirty seven seventeen. But uh, I just you know look, Georgia's defense is too good. I, I don't yeah. think Tennessee's in the correct mindset with Joe Milton at quarterback. Um, not saying he's horrible. It's just that they had not clicked all year. This offense has been really up and streaky, up and down. Yeah, haven't been consistent. You know, have a consistent run game one game and can't throw the ball. They have a consistent you know, pass game and can't run the ball. So it's just like, you know, they can't find that happy medium. You know, it's like watching Auburn sometimes this year where they just ran the ball really well and then Peyton Thorne's throwing for 250. You know, it's just like you don't know what they're going to do. And it's, it's always a dangerous thing. But then when you have a defense like Georgia's who can stop everything, it, it's not good for you. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about Georgia and what's really just kind of got them in a situation where they could be peaking at the right time. Uh, but, you know, the biggest standout of this game, Ralph, and like, yeah, Jalen Wright had a 75-yard touchdown run. Neyland was rocking. This was a 10-7 game after the first quarter, but Georgia outscores Tennessee 14-3. to Ralph, they outscored them 28-3. to I'm sorry, Falcons fans. The rest of the way, uh, you know, Dylan Bell. Dylan Bell's a playmaker, man. Passing touchdown, receiving touchdown. This guy has really emerged as a just multifaceted dual threat for this offense. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a weapon, dude. And, and you give a team like Georgia when these you know another weapon like this, that's a danger. You get a health, you have a healthy Brock Bowers, a healthy Lab McConkey who did not play. We give him a week off, and Texas got to stop McConkey Bowers. He might not play. He might not actually play this week. Okay, we well said saw Bowers. Okay, yeah, and yeah. then now you add Dale, Dylan Bell in there and Kendall Milton, who is probably one of the scariest running backs out of the backfield at full speed. That dude's very big and very fast, and mm-hmm. can can run you over. So there's just a lot of weapons that Georgia has, and it feels like week by week we've seen more of those weapons step up. Yeah, and look, the the two games that you know Brock Bowers missed. Lad McConkey got healthy. I mean, I call him Lunch Bell Lad. Uh, he got healthy, you know, in what he was able to do. Oscar Delp, I think, filled in admirably, you know, for what they wanted at the tight end position. So, you know, I, I think when you look at this Georgia team, Ralph, you mentioned defense. I I want to go out and say this, you know, about this defense, because I think it's been something that people just kind of sit there and say, well, they're not as good. Well, of course, they're not as good as the past two years. Half the defense they had over the past two years is playing in the NFL, probably three quarters. Like, I, I think I would venture to say out of the 11 guys that started on the 2021 National Championship team, I don't know, Ralph, maybe eight, nine of them are contributing in the NFL. Like, that might not be completely out of the question. So, when you go and look at this team, I don't think that the strength is necessarily in this defense where it has been in previous years. Previous years, it was the front seven. Mm-hmm. hands down it really feels like the back end of this defense for georgia is has been really great kamari lassiter fantastic player tyke smith has stepped up uh, as a, a huge game huge game on saturday game. you can't forget about javon bollard who was the you know the player of the game last in the last and, playoffs and the guy i said last week malachi starks dude i mean just a, we didn't even mention him that kid's a first rounder oh dude he's only a, he's a true sophomore 
George of Goy, you know, went to Jefferson. Jefferson. I was about to say mm-hmm. Jefferson Fitzgerald, one of the two. Went to Jefferson High School, balled out there, was a state champion or a state runner up, one of the two. Yeah. Um, played quarterback and safety for him, and he has just been an absolute freak for Georgia. They love him. Um, and that was the one thing about in the, in the past with Georgia is like, has Georgia's secondary been you know, consistent enough to win games, help them win games? And, you know, we're used to saying, well, the front seven's unreal, the linebacker group's incredible, pass rush is there. But now we're saying this secondary is one of the top two, top three in the country, I think, right now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a strength. You know, they, yeah. they've got good linebackers. They've got good defensive linemen. They've got elite talent on the back end of the defense. So, I mean, you know, Stackhouse is, is freakishly massive, by the way, and runs like – You just like him because he got the big man pick. Look, we love ago. big guys who go out there and make some special special plays, and, you know, and make a little <laughs> interception, you know. You gotta love it, dude. Big guys who get to run the ball. Lyman, Lyman hands are real things, dude. <laughs> That's why you swat the ball down and just <laughs> spike it. That's what you're coached to do, right? Just get bat the ball down. Georgia do not fans. catch the ball. Do not run with the ball. You will fumble <laughs> it. That's what they always told you. <laughs> All right, but no, Georgia handles Tennessee and Knoxville. You mentioned it. Tennessee's just really not as strong as they were offensively last year. We know that. The Vols they also you know, have been fall. injury-prone all year, too. They, they, yeah. They've been riddled with injuries. That O-line is just Brew McCoy blasted. has been out for several games. I think mean, he's out for the year, though, isn't he? He broke his leg. Yeah, so I'm saying he's been out for several yeah. games, which is just obviously yeah, kind of derailed their offense. Yeah, hmm. and you know, going forward for Tennessee is, you know, Joe Milton's gone. Nico's gonna be the quarterback next year. Everyone knows that he he looked like I am know, a lever. I, I think I thought it was I'm a lever. So I was gonna say like, I'm a know. lemur. I don't know what it is. Well, that's not say that. Again. <laughs> uh, but look, you know, going forward for Tennessee, you know, you, you're gonna build off of this this season and the injuries. You know, some things are gonna change. Your defense coordinator gotta move on. I, I don't yeah. think he's the answer for them. So yeah, I don't think so either. I do not think so. Ralph, uh, we know Georgia's good. We're going to talk about them here in a little bit in our storyline segment. Let's move on to the next game where we go out west. And Ralph, this was – no, you're good. You're good. 44 degrees and raining. This was a nasty weather. No, this is the best kind of weather. We love this kind of weather because you get teams like like Washington, like Oregon, uh, like USC, who like to throw it out, who like to air it out. You got to make them two-dimensional here. You have mm-hmm. to because, I mean, look, also this Phoenix played a great game. I thought he threw the ball very well. He put the ball in his in his receiver's hands. They couldn't catch a lot of those balls. Yeah, I it watched was a lot of drop conditions. passes, and it was. And, and, and that's nothing to do with what Phoenix did. Thirteen to twenty-eight, one sixty-two, and two touchdowns. Probably should have been higher. Probably should have been higher. I mean, Fair enough. Yeah. I, I mean, he only threw to his. He only threw the four receivers. I mean, I think and Roma Dunsey had seven catches and eleven targets. Exactly. So. You know, I just you know, they ran the ball very well. Dylan Johnson, I'm not thinking one thing. He had that one long run that was negated because of the fumble, mm-hmm. and then after everything, every carry after that was just he looked like a shell of himself. He, he just looked just defeated. Yeah, and and you know, I, I heard I watched the game and I heard the announcer saying, "His coach went over there, so I need you for the second half. I need you. I can't have you down. I need you here." And you know, it, he just didn't look like he was the same running back after that. Yeah. You know, my thing with Oregon State, we coming into this game, Ralph, we knew it would be, regardless of whether, high-powered passing attack for uh, Washington. Robodunzi will be the second receiver taken in April. Will just throwing out the hot takes. Will, you're getting on that good good up in Huntsville, and you need to calm down over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that being Rocket said, City over there. Yeah, Will's, Will's taking Rocket City literally over there. Um, 
you look at Washington draft, we knew coming into this game, it was going to be a high-flying passing attack. Oregon State loves to run the football. They ran for 148 yards. But, man, what hurt them, 3 of 12 on third down uh, for Oregon State. I love – I think Corvallis is a really, really cool atmosphere. Got to catch a little bit of this football game. And, you know, going back and watching it, you know, Penix – and I do want to say this. Penix wasn't – he wasn't necessarily crisp. Like it wasn't the best game statistically, but like you mentioned, I think Dr. Bob threw in a comment down there below. They found a way to win. And and look at this point in the season, you have to find a way to win. Uh, Dr. Bob says gritty win for Washington in those conditions. Their defense won that game. They did. I mean, look, they held DJ Uwe Ungale to 15 of 31, 166 and two picks. And uh, yeah. Um, Washington, 10 penalties, 64 yards. Oregon State, 8 penalties, 75 yards. Ralph, it sets up. penalties were real bad calls, though. Yeah, um, I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, okay, it, it, I need to go back yeah, and look at this. At least it was kind of evened out, but it was some really just questionable calls of both sides. I mean, I think a few were really good, like, you know, false starts were good, but, like, some of the passing interference calls were just kind of just weak, in my opinion. Especially, on the Oregon, especially Oregon State had a really bad one early on in the game that – you know, should not have been called. Washington's was it, he wasn't even near the ball, and then threw it, and it was, it was a bad call. But yeah, it, it, you know, I watch a lot. Of, what I like about Corvallis right now is they this team, this this school, this this program has always kind of gotten rowdy for no matter what game it is. You I know, mean, that Oregon Oregon State game is always gonna be loud, no matter what yeah. it's that. But for football, baseball, basketball, this this school gets gets into it, and it's a, it's a fun place to play, and it's a fun place to watch play. Um. Dr. Bob last week said Damian Martinez is a hard runner. Mm. He runs hard. He was not wrong. 26 for 123, two touchdowns, 4.7 per carry. That is a first down after every three carries. Do the math. Hey, it gets That's the job a, that, done. I'll tell you one thing. If I had any running back run for 4.7 yards per carry, I'd be happy. That's first down, three carries. That's what my high school coach told me. I, I can't even really do math that well, to be honest with you. And, uh, Ralph, it's almost first down every two carries. 9.4 yards every two carries. I'm going to go ahead and show the pit. See, no sweat. We are not honoring Will tonight on the podcast. We're not honoring Will. Literally not not sweating. (laughs) No, but look, you're exactly right. I mean, look, Washington found a way to keep the postseason hopes alive, uh, Mm -hmm. undefeated season hopes alive. And we'll talk about a little bit later, you know, Heisman opportunities alive for their quarterback in Michael Penix Jr. Uh, Dr. Bob says, I'll say it again, Jonathan Smith is one of the most underrated coaches in America. Dr. Bob, we talked about this last week. Uh, Ralph, I don't think you were on the – you you didn't hop on this Monday. Last I, remember, I remember this comment being made. Uh, I think a has got to make a call. I, like, I mean, to me, I would. I think we should talk about that show next week. You know, what post oh. uh, post regular season coaching coaching carousel, be? baby. We're gonna because I I know a coach that said he was gonna get fired that might have kept his job this Saturday. We got to talk about that, by the way. Should we bring that one in there too? Yeah, we'll bring that one in there too. We'll okay. talk about that too. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you, man. I think that you know Jonathan Smith's a great football coach. Oregon State, tough loss, but man, they have just done a complete 180 route. They went from not relevant to the past two years, having something for that fan base to be excited about. And I really hope to see them stay relevant as the new age of college football, you know, continues. I hope that happens. And so, look, Washington wins this one. We're going to talk about our playoff picks a little bit later on. Will, if you're still watching, throw your playoff picks in, and we'll get those when we do ours as well. Or just text me. Just just text him. One or the other. All right, let's go back to the SEC here, where in Columbia, Missouri, 
a really, really good Missouri team had to fend the Gators off late. Ralph, I saw this Florida team a week ago. Yeah, the defense gave up half a hundred, yeah. but the offense scored 35. Uh, now, look, Graham Mertz is not playing this weekend, but ain't that crazy? Florida, Florida State, both starting quarterbacks not playing. Uh, Jordan Travis, and we're going to talk about that later too. Yeah, but this, uh, this hurt your thoughts on this game? Them. Yeah, I didn't get to watch. I didn't watch most of this game, honestly. Um, I believe this was during the Washington Oregon State game. If I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not watch a lot of it. I had it on the dual screen, so I, had, I was watching both. But I was mainly watching this Washington game. You know, Graham Mertz goes down after you know it was having a pretty good game. I, I mean, yeah. I thought so. Um, but you know, Missouri looked like they were having, they were just they were doing everything right. They they ran the ball very well, but they just could not score enough. Mm-hmm. It just felt like they could not score. You know, Brady Cook twenty of thirty four, three thirty one in a touchdown. Cody Schrader twenty three one forty eight in a touchdown, and Luther Bird nine catches for one fifty eight, no touchdowns. Just couldn't score. You know, and I thought you know the defense played really bad. You know, but you know, I'll say this: you shouldn't get, you shouldn't allow that many points at home if you're Missouri in this defense this year. This defense has been great. They went to a shootout with LSU to yeah. handle everyone else at home. I just think Missouri played a bad game. You know, they're coming off a really good win last week. You know, they just kind of just look questionable in some places. I don't think Florida's nearly that good to score 31 points on you. So, it, yeah, no, it, it was a, it was a bad performance by Missouri, and it, it's a questionable performance by Missouri going forward. You know, I, we talked about this with Notre Dame earlier in the year, Ralph. Was it fatigue? I mean, look, Missouri two weeks ago was playing Georgia. Last week they had a really emotional road win against Tennessee. You know, coming home and the this is why I tell people the SEC is the toughest conference to play in because the emotions that you have to put on the line each and every single week. I think part of it was that. And like, give credit to Billy Napier and Florida. They came to play. It would have been really, really easy for these guys to mail it in and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. You know, it's whatever." Um, they didn't. And, you know, I agree with Dr. Bob's comment right here. I want to throw this up here. Yeah. He says Napier is a good coach, but may run out of time, had a tough rebuild situation, and may leave the program better position for the next coach. We call that the sacrificial lamb. Maybe. He might be. He, he might be. I don't know. Uh, Will, Will says they didn't gonna... look like they were standing on business this week. Yeah, it, kind of a sloppy performance. I mean, when you look at what Missouri does, look, Brady Cook, 20 of 34, 331, a touchdown. Okay, Cody Schrader is a monster. Uh, 23 carries, 148 and a touchdown. And uh, Luther Burden was a, named a semifinalist for the Bolitnikoff Award today. Nine he won't win it because someone else is going to win it. Oh, yeah. he's Yeah, I mean, look, you want to talk about that? We can talk about that as well. No, I'm not talking about that one. I'm not getting in that conversation tonight. It's ridiculous. Um, He's going to be in New York, though, which is going to be hilarious. I don't think he's going to be in New York, actually. I think uh, another guy we talked about is going to be in New York. Um, Actually, I don't know if the fourth person is going to be in New York. We'll see. Third downs, Missouri was 9 of 16 in this game, Florida 5 of 11. You start to kind of look at the red zone points. I mean, Florida was three of four in the red zone. Missouri a per- Missouri has been so good in the red zone offense this year, five of five. It's a well-coached ball team, and like you you titled it here, Ralph, they defended off a late run from Florida. They won, and really they keep their New Year's Six Bowl hopes alive. And I think that when you look, if you're a Missouri fan, the grand scheme of things here for this program, Eli Drinkwitz entered this season on the hot seat, and you're talking about a potential 10-win team that is going to uh, – and, and I'll be honest with you, I think they get to 10 wins. I think they beat Arkansas this weekend. But, you know, 
I don't know. I think if you got to be proud of your Missouri fan, man, I mean, the way that Eli Drinkwitz has really been able to hit on the portal in state recruiting in Missouri with their high school NIL opportunities, it's huge. I don't know, man. I think it's awesome. I really like Missouri as a football team. Yeah. Going forward, no, no, just go, going forward, Eli Drinkwitz obviously kept his job easily, just secured another two years, in my opinion. Um, I look at this this fourth quarter. I'm looking just at the recap of the game. They had, a seven, they had the seventy-seven yard touchdown from uh, to Theo Wees Jr. and then they just didn't do anything for the last you know twelve minutes until the five seconds left. And they hit the game-winning field goal. Yeah, so they had a twelve-play, sixty-two-yard drive after giving up a touch or a field goal at a minute thirty-six left in the game. A twelve-play, sixty-two-yard. They just tossed the ball downfield. They knew they were going to kick a field goal. I think you play a little. You play a little too conservative at the end, which I mean you can. But you know this offense is good enough to be aggressive toward late in the game, and they have all year. They they've had yeah. great late drives in this this season. So, and you have a running back that's averaging six point seven a pop. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you hand the ball off to him, he's good for at least four or five a carry. You know, you can afford to do that. Uh, I just think I'll say this about Missouri: certain teams, Ralph, in the country, like know who they are, and I think Eli Drinkwitz has struck gold in Como with knowing who his team is for this particular season. And Missouri just said, this is who we are. We're going to play you know, pretty good defense. We're going to play highly efficient offense. It's not necessarily super explosive. you know, And I'm talking the terms of I watch LSU every single week. It's it's not that, but it's super efficient. I mean, Brady Cook has been a very efficient well, quarterback. Yeah, they've got good weapons. Brady, yeah, it revolves around Brady Cook. I mean, it does. I mean, you look at the Washington's offense. Yeah, Cody Schrader gets 23 carries this game. But, you know, if Brady Cook's not – you know, if it's Brady Cook's efficient in the past game, you're 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 running the ball more because it opens it up. I mean, that's just what it is. If it, most game, most offenses, you can say the the, the, play, the plays run revolve around quarterback, but then you have like the Derrick Henry Alabama offenses. Yeah, like, obviously you're going to run the ball 45 times a game with him. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean this this Missouri team's great. I think Brady Cook well, he has one more year of eligibility probably. He'll he's a junior. Next. Yeah, he's yeah, a junior. So he'll be back, back next year and. Missouri's going to be scary next year. They might be a little. Yeah, Ralph, I was looking, and we're going to look. We're going to do, you know, postseason grades. We're going to take a look at our picks, you know, we had in the preseason uh, at different teams. But quick look at Brady Cook's stats. 3,000 yards, just a shade over that. 18 touchdowns and six interceptions. So it's not flash, you know, flashy type of play. It's just mm-hmm. highly efficient play for Brady Cook in this uh, Missouri offense, and I really, really like what they have to do. Yeah. Ralph, we're going to another game here, bud. And um, I hope he's still in here. Is it? Do I? I don't even see where it is, Ralph. Do you? It's right below the. I have it right here. Go and click on it, Ralph. I hope he's in here. Pour one out for Will for the Auburn fans. For old Will, fifteen plays run in the first half for Auburn's offense. Ralph, me. Go, go ahead. Oh, well, let me go ahead. Let me go ahead here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never in my life have I ever seen a group of five team dominate an SEC opponent like they did for 60 minutes. Like, and I'm talking about wall to wall domination. Am I missing one here? Are you going to go Troy LSU? No, I wasn't going to say anything about that. I was going to say. I was gonna throw about the Citadel when they well not Citadel when I, um Georgia Southern beat Florida that year. 
when Georgia uh, Southern I'm just about, ran the – I'm talking about this game wasn't close between New Mexico State. And Will Manis says outplayed and outcoached in all phases. Yeah, Will, I mean, look, we got 2,000 views on that video, you know, but uh, <laughs> people were joking about it. Look, this was embarrassing. Hugh Freeze said as much in the postgame presser, this university serves better. Ralph, you start to look at some of these stats. 15 plays run in the first half for this team. Auburn, 213 yards. They Ref, this is supposed to be an offense that runs the football 65 yards for the whole game. I, I, I've never seen, I've never, never seen what I saw in the, I, you know, and Will Manis says, because you've never seen a group of five team with the same talent level as an SEC team. And I'm not trying to dunk on Auburn by any means. I just think that this is absolutely embarrassing. And I don't know. You know, when Will gets back from, you know, his paid vacation, we're going to talk about this. You know, what this does, uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. Dr. Bob, the same New Mexico State team that lost to a Tyson Pumachon-led UMass team 41-30 that Auburn beat 59-14 to earlier this season. Now, look, give credit, um, you know, to this, you know, Jerry Kill coach team, a veteran coach. New Mexico State did a lot of good things, and they were a good team. Will and I talked about it last week. That was a good football team that Auburn was going to face. Solid program. But the way that they just beat you for a full 60 minutes, like the redheaded stepchild that Auburn fans and Alabama fans maybe say Auburn is, that was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. Ralph, your thoughts? How many games have you watched with me and my dad? Auburn games, honestly. Ten plus. How many times have you watched him boo, but like jokingly boo? Uh, I don't know. There were no boos. It was just (laughs) – this is terrible. This is this awful, poor performance. It, and it truly was. You gave up four sacks. You had one. It, you know, you let them in pass deflections. That's fine. But they just manhandled you on all, on all, you know, any, any phase is bad. Look there. Look, my dad's right here. There you go. Right there. Boo. Just there, boo. There, there's the boo. I hear it. I hear it in my <laughs> Ralph, um, New Mexico State held the ball for nearly 40 minutes in this football game. My question here, and here's the main one. Will, I, I don't know if you agree with me on this one. Why is Jarquez Hunter getting eight carries? And why does Damari Austin have one carry? We had no Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne had 17 carries. On what, what was that? We got rain. Rain here in the red stick. Peyton Thorne was efficient passing. 15 and 19, 148 and a touchdown. I'm not mad about that. That's That's what he's supposed to do in every game. But to have that many carries, no, and then have that low of a rushing yards, it's just poor performance, poor coaching, poor planning. I, I think they were looking forward ahead. Honestly. So let's get to Will's comment right here. He goes, players were obviously not up for this game, felt good about themselves after winning three in a row, shows that they can't just show up and win because they have that AU on their helmet. Ralph, I talked about this last night during the Georgia Tech show, and I saw you nodding your head in the background. There are programs that can't, you know, currently in their state, roll the football out and say, we're going to win this football game. I think Auburn did that. And it proves just they can't do that right now. They do not have the personnel. They don't have the Jimmys and Joes to say, we're going to go do that. Will says, because Auburn was chasing the game, didn't have time to run. Most of Thorne's runs were scrambles. Look, you go back to that stat line of Peyton Thorne, 15 of 19 for 148 yards and a touchdown. It's economical. Uh, And Lisa White says, pitiful coaching, period. You know, I think it's an organization. I will say this, Lisa, and go back to Lisa's comment there, Ralph. This is from top to bottom 
an organizational failure. This is on everybody. This is on the yeah. staff. It's on you know the scouting staff. It's on the players. It's on everyone. Uh, it's it's. I think when you look at this football game, you can't because you can look at it two different ways. And I want to be careful that we do this here. I want to give credit to New Mexico State because they played a really good football game. They did mm-hmm. what they had to do to win, and they whooped a SEC Power Five program up and down the field for sixty minutes. I want to know who was in the building because I would love to get them on and talk about what the reaction was like. I will say this. I shot off I know, the text. I, I know who was in the building. Okay, well, after I say this, I want that input. I texted good friend, friend of the show and a friend of mine, Nathan King, 24-7 uh, Auburn writer, and I said, man, what is, was the attitude like post-game? And he just said it was like this, when especially when the top players, just like shock factor. Like it was like you got punched in the mouth and you just never got up and they just kept wailing on you. Ralph, What's I know you had some people in the building. Tell oh, me. I mean, I had a family in the building, but I was talking about they had recruits in the building. Cam mm-hmm. Coleman, who is a pit pop possible flip right now. Yeah, some people projected him to flip. Yeah, I wonder who. Yeah. I wonder I wonder who 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 flipped them. Who projected the flip to happen? That's that game. I don't think that's uh I don't, I don't think. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, you're the last one who needs to be talking. <laughs> you're the last person who needs to be talking right now. Bowling y'all, Green. Y'all the last be, who, I think New Mexico State would be Bowling Green. Yes. I wanted yeah. to give a shout out to, to the guy who probably didn't get any credit till post game, Diego Pavia, the quarterback. Played a heck of a football Baller. Game. Baller right now. I mean, the dude, 19 28, 201, three touchdowns, eight carries, 35 yards, and just. Body slammed an Auburn defensive back in that game. Yeah. Now, it was, yes, it was a flag, but it fired up their team. And in, in that moment, I kind of realized this this is going to get bad. So, oh yeah. Guess what, Ralph? What are, you, what are you looking at? Is he? Oh Jesus! We're gonna get, we're gonna get we're gonna get cut off again. I mean that fired him up right there. I mean, and you would think, man, Auburn's gonna get fired up. It just didn't. It didn't happen. Yeah, state champion wrestler. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, no, look. Man. I mean, give credit to Mexico State, and it's one of those things that Doctor Bob says right here. They've had their best season uh, in and ever. I mean, when you look at the program history, rivalry sweep of you and uh, Mexico and UTEP, and then they won their first ever win over an SEC opponent. I also think, and Dr. Bob, you could fact check us on this. I think it's their first ever Power 5 win. I, th- I think it was uh, this game uh, over Auburn. I might be wrong in that, but I, I do believe it is. Jerry Kill has done a fantastic uh, you know, job, and I'll tell you this too. Jerry Kill is going to be playing Jamie Chadwell, and I know Dr. Bob just said that in Liberty here in a couple weeks. Who knows? Could he knock off Liberty from being undefeated? But overall, Ralph, on the Auburn side of things, this is disappointing. And ha- I'll ask you this. As we kind of end our recap portion of the show, how do you regroup for this weekend? Like, what? How, how do you do that? I mean, it's the Iron Bowl. I mean, it, it it's hard to say. I know there's gonna be fans out there that say that's kind of an irrelevant comment. It's probably going to be a weak comment, but it's true. I mean, these guys look forward. You look forward to that that big game year in, year out. I mean, obviously, Georgia Tech fans look forward to Georgia. I mean, they've been talking about mm-hmm. it all year, these fans have. Auburn looks forward to Bama every year. No matter what yeah. game is, no matter who it is, 
Doesn't matter the record. The Iron Ball is the Iron Ball. It's a hard game play every year. And then, if you don't believe me, I go back to 2021 when Auburn put them into what three overtimes, two overtimes, two I think. But yeah, you're you're on the right track. It didn't even deserve to be in the game, but they put put a Heisman winner, Bryce Young, and great Alabama team into yeah. the into double overtime. You know anything can happen. In, in Jordan Hare on a Saturday afternoon for an Iron Bowl. I mean, Auburn could be forward and forward six, or, you know, it could be undefeated. It's, it's, it's never a, you know, a, it's never a bad game. And Perfect. I think what you do is you just, you, you, you forget it and keep going. That's the only way you can do it. No, I, you, you have to wipe the slate clean. Uh, no doubt about it. You were benching, Ralph, a four overtime game. In 2021, and it was the first overtime in the history of the Iron Bowl. Uh, 24-22, Alabama won that game. Yeah, because you remember, uh, was it Jalen Waddell in the end zone doing it in front of the it, Auburn fans? It was John Mechie in the corner. John Mechie, apologies. Yeah, I don't know John college football. It's okay. John Mechie had that great route, kind of pushed off the defender, touchdown. Everyone remembers that one. Sorry. Let's uh, let's get to a couple comments here. Once again, about New Mexico State, though. Dr. Bob says they beat Arizona State 35-7 to in 1999. I was only two years old. That's why I didn't know that. Uh, they have also beaten Arizona five times before. No shot. At least you're two years old. Been. No shot. You're lying to me. You're not, would, you were not would, two years old. Nine, uh, you were. I thought, about, I, I thought <laughs> he put in the comment. I was about to say there's no way he just said that. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. Long before Arizona was power five. Um, Ralph. We're going to take a quick break. Auburn disappointing loss. No ifs, ands, buts about it. When we come back, we are going to talk about – wow. We're going to talk about storylines right after this. Hey, everyone. Bryce Kuhn here with the Crowded Booth, and I'm excited to partner with Milton and Drew McCluskey as they get on their new venture, the Cajun Cousins Company. It's an all-stop shop for some of the best food and atmosphere entertainment that you're going to be able to have, especially this fall as college football is right around the corner. What is Cajun Cousins Company? Well, Milton decided to start this business back in Columbia, South Carolina. That's where they're based out of. Drew initially joined him after spending some time with the Saints, but they offer catered Cajun delicacies such as crawfish boils and Aunt Dottie's jambalaya. They bring everything and they can set up anywhere. Look, folks, they're passionate about giving people a reason to gather and to get to the culture that they love so much. They're expanding that brand to the low country of South Carolina, the upstate area, and other areas of the Southeast. So look, if you're going to throw that tailgate party or you're going to have a big gathering, Reach out to Cajun Cousins Company today over at CajunCousinsCO.com to get that quote. Tell them the Crowded Booth sent you. We can't wait to see what they have in store this fall. Back here on the Crowded Booth as we talk now storylines. Essentially, if you're new to the show, uh, what we do is we go recaps on Mondays, and then we go with a couple storylines, Ralph, and I'm editing that one because we're talking about two different coaches there, pal. And well, one, I mean, we already know he kept one. Well, we, yeah, one we already know. Yeah, one exactly. is confirmed. Um, yeah, so we can you change would, it back. Change it back. That's want, fine. Let's let's just change you, it back. Do you want to start with the other one first? Then what's the other one? Well, there's two more. Let's go. Let's go Florida State. Let's do that one first. Uh, you know, we're gonna get to our top fours here in the second no. round. Okay, I, I want to ask why? 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 Because they lose. No, because I, I'm saying this: if an undefeated Florida State has to get in, 
if they win the next two games, they're, they, I mean, you can't not put them in. Sorry, didn't throw that up there. I think. Look, if Oregon wins out, okay, beats Washington, they will keep a one-loss Ohio State team in there, or a one-loss Washington team in there over a Florida State team without their quarterback. That's my only reasoning. That would be a travesty. Which it would be. But since they don't have their quarterback, that's the reasoning they're going to have for it. And you know it's true, though. If they did that, that would be the reasoning. We all know it's true. It sucks. So you're but... saying you're saying we go chalk in the SEC, Georgia wins. Alabama's out of conversation. Yeah. So at Georgia's your SEC champion. Texas is your Big 12 champion. You have your Pac-12 champion, and you think they're going to put this. Pac- no, be Oregon, beats Washington. Oregon beats Washington. So Oregon's in. Mm-hmm. And, Washington and you have a one in. loss. You think well, a non – no, Texas is getting in over that. Or Texas. Or Washington Texas, or you know, they might let Ohio State stay in there. You know, I j- I'm just going to tell you, I don't think that you can. I, I agree with you. I'm just this is the, this is what's going to happen because you, you're they, saying you're saying the ra- you don't agree with it. The rationale will be, oh, well, they don't have what, the quarterback. That's the, and the that's the thing. They'll say, well, this team's without their quarterback. They revolve their whole entire offense around that quarterback. They're done. That's what they're saying. But if they take care of business against Louisville, which I think they and, will. And this weekend against Florida. I mean, that's Florida, going to Gainesville. It, yeah. Yeah, you go to Gainesville with a backup quarterback. Two, two, backup, two backup quarterbacks playing. Also, which, Tate Rodemaker's yeah. not bad, though. No, he's Tate not. Rodemaker's he, he'd not be a, a starter any other college, I think, in my yeah. opinion. Except for I mean, he's, the team's I mean, in the playoffs. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he definitely started Syracuse. They don't have a quarterback. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> but I, I was saying that because they've played a tight end quarterback. So Yeah. But, you know, and that's the thing which was just awful about the situation is that I like Florida State. I have been with them all year. I like Trey Benson. I love Johnny uh, Johnny Wilson and uh, Keon Coleman. Things are just really fun to watch. They're a good team. Great, greatly well coached, man. It's just insane. But they're going to look at the state and say, well, they're not without Jordan Travis, a guy who's just been efficient all year, and they will move on from them. And that's just what's going to happen. I just I have a feeling that you know they'll sit there and say, well, we didn't put them in because they're out their quarterback. I mean, that's a terrible reason, but that's what I just feel like what's going to happen. They would put the one loss Pac-12 runner-up over that, which is awful. I will say this. We already have a precedent for this. The precedent is 2015 Ohio State. Ohio State won the national title with their third string quarterback, Cardell Jones. And who started the year? Was it uh Braxton JT Miller Barrett? Started? I have to go back and look at it. They go JT Barrett, Braxton Miller, and then Cardell Jones. I don't even know who it was. I think I don't even remember. You can look either that up way. while I talk. I mean, either way, you're not wrong though. My my thing with this is that you have a precedent for this. If this team goes undefeated and beats a top ten Louisville, just because their starting quarterback got hurt can't negate the body of work this team has done all the season. Also, if you win in an SEC environment, which I'm telling you, Gainesville is going to be hostile. Cardell, JT, and Braxton. Well, it's just Cardell, JT, Braxton Miller. I only have one. I want to pass them all year long. I got you. Sorry. Tate Rodemaker's played a lot of football too. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a guy. And I'll tell you one thing: watch this kid in high school, Dana Valdosta. Uh, really, really good player. Really, really good player. But, but I will tell you this: 
if they win the ACC title with Tate Rodemaker at quarterback, how can you – like what's the, what is the conversation? The conversation is, well, they don't have Jordan Travis. Well, they still won two games. They won in a hostile environment in Gainesville, which I'm telling you, regardless of record, that place is going to be rocking on Saturday night. Okay, two, you're going to go to Charlotte and play a top-10 Louisville team. Regardless if you think Louisville is a top-10 team or not, the they rankings are. the rankings say they are. If you beat an SEC team on the road and then you go and beat Louisville in an ACC title game, why would you not get in? And, and, and I'm not arguing with you, Ralph. I'm sitting no, here saying um, that would be the argument of the committee. And also, too, this is a team sport. This is not, yes, you are correct in what you said about you run your offense through a quarterback. But Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson are probably some of the best wide receiver duos in the country. Trey Benson, probably a top 10, top 15 back in the country. Jared Verse is going to be a top five pick in April. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of other players in this back end of this defense are really, really, really good. I'm going to be honest with you. There's no possible way that they ha- they keep this team out. If they do, it is, it is in, I know no pun intended in this, it is a travesty. It's a tragedy for Florida State. It's a tragedy for college football. It's a tragedy. But let's just blow the playoff up. I, I don't care. If you're not going to put the, the teams that have had the best body of work, can Florida State control that – Duke, you know, fell off the rails. No, can, I mean, look, can, can they control Duke, what happened to these teams after they beat them? No, they can't. You take care of business week in and week stuff. out. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I'm just, I was to be the one that said it that if they did not put them in, this is the reason why. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I and I understand agree. that. Yeah, that yeah. that's going to be the way they would squeeze them out. Mm-hmm. You're you're right. That's, that. I think it's completely it's, wrong. It's awful. It's it's terrible. It's 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 awful because. We look at like you look at this past year right, right now. They're making Ohio State such a high rate team when they get beat by Michigan this weekend that they're going to say, okay, we'll just put it at five and hope to God that someone in the top four loses again so we can throw them back in there. They mm-hmm. want that. They don't want Florida State in there because they know how this how this is. I'll say this too. Well, they don't want Washington in. They, they want they want the higher paid teams in there. That's what they want. We all know this truth. I hate penalizing teams for what happens to their opponents after they play them. Oh, yeah. You can't control that. And so let me get to this real quick. Florida State at the time beat a top five ranked LSU team to open the season. Is LSU a top five team? No. Are they a top 15 team? Sure. Yeah, hands down. They're a top five offense. The best statistically ranked (laughs) offense in the country. Um, (laughs) They they knocked off defending ACC champion Clemson on the road in overtime. They got a big win on the road in a a tough environment. They have a top 15. Go ahead. Beat a, beat, a, beat a very hard, how do you say, a, a emotional Boston College team. Yes, very emotional. Is the schedule strength being scrutinized? Sure. But Washington has struggled with Arizona State and Stanford, who have a combined six wins. I saw a uh, post today. Um, it compared Oregon's scores versus Washington's scores against the same teams. Oregon has manhandled everybody they've played. The only thing they didn't manhandle was Washington on the road by three in a game they should have won. Yeah. I want to get this real quick because this is it's kind of proves my point. Dr. Bob yeah. says Duke's season went off the rails because Leonard got hurt. If he plays, Duke has at least two more wins. I agree. They beat Notre Dame. They beat yes. Florida State probably. But that, but that is a case that kind of proves the point of the value of a top-tier quarterback. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. So I will tell you this. If the value of a top-tier quarterback leads to that demise, shouldn't the backup who comes into the game and 
you know, leads you to victory, leads you to a win over Florida, leads you to an ACC title, shouldn't that hold the same value when it comes in front of the committee? If you're going to have it one way, you got to have it the other way. To me, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And that's what, you know, we've always kind of come to knowledge with. And that's what we thought is true. If, if the backup quarterback can do it, you know, it's just, he's just as good. I mean, I've watched, you know, I mean, I know it's a group of five school. I know it's the team I pulled for. I watched our quarterback go down in 2019 to an ACL mm-hmm. injury, who would start off to having the hottest season of all time towards ACL, put a backup quarterback in, and he he threw the ball just as well. We got to a bowl game. You know, that's just – that was the offense we put they put together around him. We lost one game to Liberty when we, we used him as a backup. I mean, if your quarterbacks behind – if your quarterbacks are not learning behind the starters, they don't deserve to be there. If they can't go in there – now I'm not saying like let's say this. Garrett Nussmeyer can't do what Jaden Daniels is doing, hands no. down. No, but he can go out there and play a solid game and be yeah. and lead an LSU team to a win. I, I I completely agree with you. Tate Rodemaker is a great quarterback. He can do it. Um, he's not as flashy as Jordan Travis. He's a little more goofy. That's the best way to say it. He's, just, he's tall. He's tall and lanky. Yeah. He's got a great arm though. But I'll say this, the body of work of the team, and I think that's what Mm -hmm. people are going to see over the next two weeks. If they beat Florida handily in Gainesville and they beat Louisville handily in the ACC title game, you're going to see, and I might have been biased because I watched them in person week one, you're going to see that this is a championship-level team. They have championship-level players, but the way this group plays as a team – Yes, they've struggled. Yes, they've had some, you know, some downfalls. But the way that they've bounced back, like, Ralph, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when they didn't have Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. Exactly, Will. If they didn't have Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, yeah, when they didn't have those guys and they still won, like that's a testament to how good the team is. I, I just, I don't know. We got to move I'll, on, though. Uh, Jaheim Bell's going to play a huge part in this next, next, next dude, two or three games. Dude's unbelievable. Dude's unbelievable. All right, Ralph, uh, let's get quickly here. Let's go Chip Kelly real quick, and then we'll yeah. transition to our last storyline. Yes. Here. Hands down, yes. If you, 38 if to 20. Yeah. Go ahead. Take the floor. My, my, look, my only thing about this, why, what are what are the state what is the standard at UCLA? What what is the what's the ceiling? What are you what are you shooting for at UCLA? Are you competing I think, for national championship? I think 10 wins, double digit wins. I mean, and they they couldn't find a quarterback this year. All and all they had injuries. Yeah, all three quarterbacks have not panned out there. Is that saying that's going to happen next year? No, I think Dante Moore is a great quarterback. I've been high on him all year. I think he's going to be the next best thing. But he, I mean, apparently, rumors are if Kelly's out, he's out. So you lose your your five star quarterback, you a four star quarterback you had. So do you do you get do you get rid of Chip Kelly? And go who are you going to get? What's who's going to do better right now at UCLA? I think especially keep, as you move to the Big Ten next year, right? And and I don't think you have a better option right now out there. Go hire Jimbo. How fun with that idea? You know what? Yeah. I don't understand why Chip Kelly loses his job for winning, getting a bowl game again with an injury-prone team. I don't know. I can't. He he lost his he lost his best weapon he'd ever had last year to the draft. Dorian Thomas and Robinson, who got a I first guess. NFL win. Yeah, there's first NFL win Sunday. Yeah, he he. Chip Kelly is a great quarterback coach, and he's a great offensive mind. I think he stays in college from here on out. If he loses his job, I, I know. There's probably two or three colleges that are going to call him instantly, and, and, and Mississippi State needs to be the first one. Ooh, they want to. I know they've had defensive mind coaches for a year. They want to offensive mind again. Go get Chip Kelly. I don't hate that. I will say this: you know, you get Ethan Garbers back, who didn't play last week because of the foot injury. Ralph, he threw for three tutties and 160 yards. 
I mean, look what happens when you got a guy that can play quarterback in this offense. They're seven and four. You just beat your arch rival too with the potentially the number one pick in the country. Like, I'm with you. I think Chip Kelly kept his job. They're not a bad team. Probably going to finish eight and four. I mean, they play Cal this weekend, eight and four, and they go to a bowl game, win nine games. How are you going to fire a guy for going nine and four? I don't get it. I just, I seriously don't look. You have played four different court, oh, three different quarterbacks. Four, I guess, if you count Chase Griffin, his one pass this year. Dante mm-hmm. Moore, Ethan Gravers, and Colin Schley. I mean, they throw a lot of interceptions, but they're all young guys. Yeah. They're young quarterbacks. No one wants to be a back at the Dorian Thompson Robinson, apparently. He was too good. But you, you got Carson Steele, who came over from, oh gosh, I'm blanking, Toledo, Ball State, one of the two. One of the two, yes. Yeah, one of the smaller Some schools. action programs. Yeah. This offense is good still. I think if you move on, I don't know who you go to. I just seriously don't get it. Yeah. So that was, that's my little rant on that one. All right, let's move on to the next one. But that's a good point there, Ralph. Uh, and obviously, I had put in there, Sam Pittman keeps his job. We'll talk about that later, you know, yeah. in, in, as we get past the season. Georgia's speaking at the right time. And we talked about this a little bit, Ralph. I, I am going to be honest with you. I think that there is a case. And it might be a crazy one. I think there's a case for him to be the fourth guy in New York. Numbers wise, it's not going to be as flashy, and I get that. But but, so but I want to preface with that saying: Phoenix, Bo Nix, the, the three, the three, the three are Jane Daniels, Michael Penix, and, and Bo Nix, and that's the three who have a realistic shot of winning it. Yeah. Okay. I just think we're on the right, we're on the same track with four. Your fourth spot this year is just going to be: Hey, you had a good year, kid. That that's what that's going to be because those three are going to have a have a logistic shot to win it. Carson Beck's a really, really good quarterback. I, you know, we are having conversation, you know, with people in the Discord about this. You know, who's better, whatever. I do not care if you have an elite offensive line, if you have great receivers, if you've got a great run game. You still have to play the position well. Carson Beck plays it about as well as anybody in the country. Mm-hmm. Ralph, some of the throws that he's been making, especially going back to that Ole Miss game, this kid can spin it, but he is fitting it into some tight windows. And, and I, you know, shout out to our good friend of the show. Um, they're drippy who, who, who tunes in you know, every now and then my man, Justin Klingle, he even admitted this and he's a door tech fan. He's, we talked about it. It's going to be really interesting in a loaded quarterback class to see what type of draft get grade that bet gets back. Cause look, he's going to submit, you know, for, for, to, to get feedback. But if he comes back, Ralph, he could be one of the top five quarterbacks in next year's class. And I'm, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I think they're peaking at the right time defensively. They're playing well. We talked about that, but man, Let's talk specifically about Carson Beck. Palmer Toms joined the show last Friday and talked about this. Wanted to get your thoughts because this team can win a national championship with Carson Beck at quarterback, and also he can be one of the biggest reasons why. Yeah, beginning of the year and all of all season, my buddy Zach, he is a huge Georgia fan, and he is telling me that you know Carson Beck's the real deal. I, my only response to him was, I'm not saying anything about him until I get to see him play. Because before we really hadn't. Yeah, beforehand, no, no offense to him. He'd been a backup. He's not played anyone anyone really good yet. Now that the argument if he played against TCU in the national championship game is a backup. Game was over. But no one cared. TCU yeah. did not care. I wanted to see him in action, playing against a real defense, playing against real teams in, in in loud environments. He has. He's shown up. I'm not gonna say all in the wrong. I just didn't. I just didn't give him a chance to do anything wrong about him because I didn't know. And he has done great. Yeah. Um. I agree with you and Will. Will's comment is also there. Carson Beck better be in New York. I completely agree. I think he has made a great statement this year. He has led a terrific Georgia team. He, I mean, I go back to the Auburn game. I know it's very weird to say what happened to Auburn this past week, but just late in the game, 
stepped up when he needed to. I mean, and people say, well, it's Brock Bowers. You have to have someone deliver the football to him. And well, he's wide open. The receivers are not constantly wide open. You're throwing them open. This you have to understand this. And I'm going to talk about this. You know, when I do the Georgia Georgia Tech preview, um, he's been sacked eight times this year. Like, and they're just a good football team. You can't you cannot penalize a quarterback for playing well because that's what a good team does. A good team keeps your quarterback safe. Ralph, you mentioned eight times in eleven games. That's crazy. Like that's His crazy. Completion good percentage the last three weeks is sixty five, seventy two, and eighty. 80% completion rate is crazy. That's crazy. 24 30. He's a good player, man. Yeah. He's a good football player. Uh, I think Georgia's peaking at the right time. I I don't know how for the SEC championship pick. We're going to take a look at that one next weekend uh, or mm-hmm. next week when we do our preview show. But I think Georgia has all the tools necessary to go win a third national title in a row. I, 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 it's, it's all there for them. So, hey, we're going to take one more quick break. When we do come back, we're going to talk Top four. It's going to release tomorrow night. You're going to see our graphic of ours, you know, obviously tomorrow or Wednesday morning as well. But Ralph and I are going to talk about our top four. They're a little bit different, but, uh, you know, it's all in the same. We also have wills too, by the way. We also have wills, which I think Ralph has in the system. So we'll go with that as well. Well, if you want to go ahead and get your explanation in the comments, we will, uh, we'll let you, we'll let you do that right after this break. (laughs) Your soap is... And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things, open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons and let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. We'll bring you back here on the Crowded Booth. Final five minutes of tonight's show, Ralph. we got to keep it under five minutes here. Let's go ahead and get real quick. Uh, two. We'll, we'll get to mine. I'll go first. Here's my top four as we get ready for the predictions and uh, the plus rankings to come out tomorrow night. I'm going Georgia, Ohio State, Washington, Michigan. This is where I sit with this. This is not a final four. I think Georgia's the best team in the country. I think Ohio State's talent is superior to anyone else in the Big Ten. Washington is going to hold over currently for me over the uh, over Oregon. I do think mm-hmm. I'm going to so my prediction. I think Oregon wins the Pac-12 title. Uh, I do think Oregon b- beats Washington in a rematch because, like you mentioned last week, Ralph, it's really, really hard to um, it's really, really hard to, to beat Washington twice this past week. Yeah, very hard. Football is true. I'm going Michigan four. I probably have Florida State five, Oregon six, something like that. I, you know, Alabama can sit seventh. It doesn't really matter to me. Bottom mm-hmm. line here. I don't think there's a clear-cut number two team in the country, and I'm not saying that there's a wide gap between one and everybody else. I just – I don't know. I don't know who's number two. Like we'll Ohio State Saturday. for me. You're, you're we'll going to find it on Saturday. But right now i got Ohio State number two in the country. That's where I sit with that. And partially it's because I don't think – I do not think Michigan can play the way that they played and beat quality football teams. I, I would say elite football teams. Elite. They beat Penn State's quality team. Well, well, Bryce, you and I have a little, little indifferent. Uh, mm-hmm. Mine is Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Ohio State. We just, you just flipped Michigan and Ohio State. I, I just seen more out of Michigan just the past few weeks. They, they're going through the little we call what do you call quote unquote gauntlet they mm-hmm. had in the season, and with all that's going on, all the emotions going through that team right now. I know people were, you know, I thought I saw the coach after the Penn State uh, victory go absolutely crazy over the headset. We all thought Jim Harbaugh died. Um, you know, they, they're handling well. They're playing good football. I don't think they're the second best team, no, because 
there's a there's to me there's a wide gap between one and two. And I truly mm-hmm. believe that. Um Michigan to me at two, Blake Corn's been great this year. <clears throat> Apologies. Uh Jason McCarthy, he's not flashy. He's not efficient. He I mean he's not he's not flashy. He's not on the you know, two fifty, three hundred yards. But he's just a game manager in me. And that's what I said about, you know, McNamara when he was there. He was a game manager. He wasn't flashy. He did what he had to do. And he, they won games with him. Their defense has been great. Uh, I don't think Ohio State's offense is as good against a good defense, an elite defense like Michigan's, to beat them in. I'm pretty sure it's in the big house on Saturday. Ask Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob's going to be there. Is he? You're probably right. Dr. Bob, are you he, is, there he, is, he really is. Look, look at the comment. Yep. Hi, Ann Arbor. It's in Ann Arbor. It's so, 36 degrees. In the big house, I got Michigan. I think Michigan shows the why, shows us why they're number two and then goes on to play Iowa in the championship game. <laughs> hey, I can control myself here too. As much as you hate it, that's who they're playing though because this Big Ten conference is a mm-hmm. joke. And, how no, and, I, and I won't watch a second of it. I won't either. It's probably going to be a 2 o'clock kickoff. No, it's going to be Nobody cares. All right, let's get to Will's here. Will Will has Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Florida State 3, and Washington 4. Here's his explanation. I'll read it out for people maybe listening on the podcast. Georgia and Michigan are head and shoulders above everyone else, Will says. Florida State continues to win, and they've done it multiple ways. Uh, Washington with a huge road win jumps them to number four. I do want to get to this as we end it, and Will, I, I like your explanations there. Oh, my gosh. I don't like that. Josie says Alabama will be in y'all's top four in about three weeks. I mean, look. If they win out, absolutely. If they beat Georgia, they're in the playoff. And if you ask any Alabama fan or any Alabama writer, they are scared about Saturday. They are. I've talked with a bunch of them, and uh, it'll be very interesting. Will, and that's why Will's not on the show tonight. Right there. I'll make a strong case finish at whatever. Just, just hey, get it, Alfie. Just get it out of there. <laughs> we appreciate you. Tune in. Hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving wherever you might be. Make sure you tune in. This is going to be the last live show of the week. We're going to have some pre-recorded shows we're going to put together. Uh, but, hey, enjoy the turkey. And we're going to come with at you, Georgia Tech fans, live reaction show on Saturday night after clean old-fashioned. Hey, Ralph, you better buckle up for that one, buddy. That's going to be a lot of fun. Saturday night. No phone calls. Oh, phone calls. It'll be very, very interesting. No, I'll be there. I'll be not I'll not be in, in, involved in this call. You will. You will. And that's fine. Hey, my name is Bryce Coon. That's Ralph Lurie. Will Manis all the way up from Rocket City. Uh, beautiful, beautiful Rocket City. Huntsville, home of some good beach volleyball. We'll catch you next time on another episode of The Crowded Booth. Pile in here and make yourself feel at home. Coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons.